Thank you very much. It's great to be with you today. And we're finishing our, our series in Ephesians today. We're looking at Ephesians 6 um, from verse 10. And that's on page 1177 of the Blue Bibles, which will be in the chairs. And it's also going to come up on the screen. So Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and petitions. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, so that whenever I speak, words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I want to speak today about how to fight your battles, how to fight your battles. We all face battles in life, struggles, challenges, opposition. And most of us probably right now are facing a battle in at least one area of our life. Maybe it's you've had an argument with a colleague at work, a difficult relationship at home. Maybe you're in a relationship and it just feels like things have got really complicated. It feels like a battle. Maybe you've just received some bad news. There's been a diagnosis or a decision which has not been what you hoped for. We all face battles, but how do we fight those battles well? What are the tactics, the skill sets, what's the wisdom we need to navigate the different battles we face? And what if Some of the battles we face are not because we're doing something wrong, but because we're doing something right. What if there's a way to face those battles without fear and full of hope? Well, that's exactly what this passage speaks to today. And the first thing this passage teaches is that we have to wake up. Wake up. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think we risk painting a misleading picture of what it means to be a Christian, what the Christian life looks like. The idea is, you know, that almost like once you become a Christian, your life is sorted. It's going to be straightforward. It's going to be easy. You're never going to have another problem. You're never going to have another misunderstanding or fallout. Uh, you, you actually are going to move seamlessly from one joyful experience to the next in your life with a smile on your face, skipping through fields of flowers. Um, you know, just a, just a perfect um, serenity all the time. And if you're not, then you're obviously doing it wrong. But it's just not true, is it? Because when we become a Christian, it's not like we put on rose-tinted glasses 
suddenly start pretending everything's okay. We take off the blinkers and start seeing with a new spiritual clarity the reality of what's going on in the world in which we live. That there's a battle raging between good and evil. That there's a fight over the destiny of people's lives. Being a Christian doesn't mean the complete absence of struggle. It means the real presence of Jesus Christ. And we follow Jesus and he faced battle and opposition and struggle. Yes, the Spirit brings to us love and joy and peace. But the Christian life is as much characterized by a spiritual fight as it is by inner peace. And often at the same time, you know, battle and blessing, they're not like consecutive seasons in your life often. They're overlapping realities. You face battle, you face blessing, often at the same time. And when you place your trust in Jesus, it sometimes feels like you've stepped onto the field of play in a new way. I don't know if you've experienced that. I've experienced that. Suddenly it feels like it's more of a fight. It's more of a struggle. You're facing more opposition. But that's actually an encouraging thing because the truth is you you only get tackled if you're moving the ball down the field. And if you want to make a difference with your life, the price you are going to pay is opposition. We need to be aware of the reality of the battle we're in. We need to wake up. But also, we need to wake up to who our real enemy is. What if you could do me a favour? I want you just to picture in your mind's eye, right now, your enemy. Some of you are like, I can only pick one. (laughs) Picture your greatest enemy at your moment in your life. Just picture that person. It might be a politician or a colleague at work or your boss or a love rival, someone who likes the same person you do and is sniffing around and stalking them on social media. And, you know, why don't you just picture that person? Picture whoever it is um, that your greatest enemy in life, right? Lots of you looking right at me. That's really disconcerting. So just picture that person right now. Now, whoever that person is, however difficult they may be, whatever they may have done, that person is not actually your ultimate true enemy. They might be difficult, but they're just flesh and blood. They are just a person. And actually, someone who God loves and Jesus died for. Your true enemy is far more dangerous and powerful than that. This passage talks about the spiritual forces of evil. It talks about the devil. The devil, an evil, supernatural, spiritual personality who wants to take you down. Now it might surprise you to hear that in 2018 in central London. Does it feel a bit old school, a bit medieval? But I find it so fascinating in our culture. Because if you look at the films that are out, If you look at what's on the internet, if you look even at what's on Netflix, it feels like our culture is fascinated by evil, particularly supernatural evil, at the same time as pretending there's no such thing. But the Bible is far more balanced. It's very clear about the existence of the devil and supernatural evil, but it doesn't want you to become fascinated by it, but to fix your eyes on Jesus and focus on overcoming evil with good. Now, I'm not fascinated by evil. I'm fascinated by the one who has overcome evil. It's fascinating. Jesus says he saw Satan fall like lightning. Jesus himself was tempted by the devil. There's no need to fear because Jesus on the cross disarmed 
and overcame evil. But don't be naive. There is an enemy who wants to confuse people, obscure the truth, blind people to see who Jesus is, lies and accuses. He wants to steal your joy and take you down. Now there's two risks when you talk about this. The one is suddenly you go, oh now my life makes perfect sense. All those falling outs I had with colleagues, all those relationships that went wrong, all those mistakes I made, that was the devil. You know, that's what happened. You know, allow for the possibility you might have been rude once in your life. Like if you fall out with your colleagues, it doesn't instantly mean there's a spiritual attack. You know, you, you might just have got it wrong. But you're kidding yourself if you think that the devil has no influence in this world. We need to wake up. We're in a battle, we're in a fight. And if we don't realise that, life's going to be confusing because you're going to face division, you're going to face difficulties, you're going to face distraction and discouragement. You're not going to understand why. You need to realise you're in a fight. When I was 16, uh, me and a couple of mates... Uh, decided to go to another nightclub out of town. So we'd heard about this great nightclub, we heard the music was good, we'd heard it was where it was at, so we went to it. It was in Hemel Hempstead. And, um, and we, we went, we travelled out for the night, just the three of us, we managed to sneak away in, we got into the nightclub, and it was actually a really great night. Um, but then later in the night, I suddenly saw something that kind of threw me a little bit. I was just kind of hanging, and then I just looked over, and I saw that a guy was disrespecting a woman, and um, not, not treating her in the way you should. And so I, I felt like, even 16 years old, I have a responsibility to do something about this. So I kind of, um, I kind of walked over, and uh, I, I just said, look, I just want to check everything's okay. And she turned to me and said, oh, thanks so much for that, and kind of walked off. And I thought, I've done my good deed for the night. Nice in shining armour. And the guy then looked at me and started really getting angry. He was not happy about the fact I got involved. And he started shouting at me. And he was with two other guys. And straight away, they, they just went. And I was like, oh, that's better odds. You know, that's good. And, um, and I thought, you know, I, I can reason with this guy. So I said, look, I know you're upset, but I had to get involved. And I just didn't think it was right. And look, just calm down. And I thought I can talk myself out of this. He was getting more and more agitated. And then the two guys came back with seven other guys. And um, they all started crying around me and I thought you know I should have realized that this is a hint about what's going to happen next um, but I still backed myself you know I thought I can talk my way out of this I don't need to stress um, so I was like going to them all of them look like look guys you didn't come to this club tonight to fight some guy you've never met before turns out they did and um, <laughs> I was but I was still trying to talk them down I was saying look 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 come on we can sort this out. and then suddenly when I, from out of sight, a guy came up and just punched me in the face. And, um, but actually, it didn't quite connect. It didn't quite time it right. And so, uh, so I was thrown a bit, but I wasn't actually hurt. So I was just kind of like, that's a bit rude. And I carried on talking <laughs> with the guy I had the issue with, who had the issue with me, and saying, look, you know, sorry about that. Sorry for being distracted. But I'm, just, I'm trying to say, look, you know, we can sort this out. And then before I knew it, a guy from the other side punched me on the other side. And he really hit quite hard. And that really knocked me, and I was kind of thrown a little bit. I was like, wow, you know, I'm really getting punched here. And at that moment, my mate James came flying in. He was like, Steve, let's go. It's time to fight. And I was like, what? And he's like, time for talking is done. And he kind of flew in and knocked one of them out. And then it all kicked off. There's this massive fight. Um, But the time for talking was done. (laughs) I was in a fight, and I was trying to talk. You know, I was taking the blows. I needed to wake up. And then the bouncers came in, they dragged us out, they blamed us for the whole thing. To this day, I remain banned from a nightclub in Hemel Hempstead. 
Visage nightclub. I can't go there. It's not a serious punishment, but I still feel the injustice of it. You need to know you're in a fight. If you're in a fight and you don't realize you're in a fight, the simple truth is, sooner or later, you're going to get knocked out. Wake up! There's a battle on. We have an enemy. But then Paul also says, stand firm. What does fighting this battle look like? The way we fight is shaped by the one we follow. Jesus renounced violence at his own unjust arrest. He won victory, not through military might on the battlefield, but by supreme sacrifice on the cross. But Paul uses this language of battle to try and get across to us what's going on. And his rallying cry four times in this passage is for us to stand, stand firm. Put on the full armour of God so you can take your stand. So be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything, to stand, stand firm. Wants us to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. To be able to stand because of Jesus' presence with us and in us. So what does that look like? Well, you imagine Paul. He's there in prison. He wanted to plant churches all across the Middle East. He's got people he needs to be with, but he's been imprisoned. So what does he do with that opposition? He turns it to serve God's purposes. He thinks, I'm going to write a letter to the church at Ephesus, which is the only reason we have this letter. And he wants to try and communicate to them the importance of the spiritual battle and get really practical about the armour you need. So what does he do? He's chained, most people think, to a Roman soldier. He's like, if only I had a visual aid for what to do when it comes to the spiritual battle. He's like chained to a Roman soldier. If only we had this morning a Roman soldier who could be our visual aid. Well, I thought about this and I looked around everywhere. I chose the guy I think most looks like a Roman soldier. So Josh Baines, if you'd like to come up. Um, Come on, Josh, Josh, don't be shy, don't be shy. Don't you think he looks a little bit like a Roman soldier? Yeah, I think so too. Well done, Josh. That's it. That's it. You come over here. So what is... Just stand up. Perfect. Perfect. So good. You look excited about this role. And um, so Paul says, first, you need to put on the armour of God. God has given it to you, but you need to put it on. If you don't put on the armour that's God given to you, then you're kidding yourself if you think you're going to be able to stand. So what does he say? First, you need to put on the belt. Thanks. Slightly, um... Yep, here we go. So the belt of truth. And this is really significant because in some ways belts are invisible most of the time, but they're actually invaluable because they hold the rest of the armour together. And truth is absolutely key if you're going to stand in the spiritual fight. The truth of who God is, the truth of who you are because of who God is and what he has done. You need to be committed to truth. Put on truth. But then he also says put on the breastplate of righteousness. Here we are, Josh. There we go. That's a good. Fits quite well. And um, so put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. It's amazing what you can find lying around. Um, (laughs) So you've got the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. Now this is really, really significant. Because your breastplate guards your heart and your helmet guards your head. And when the devil attacks you, he'll often go for your heart and your head. For your feelings and for your mind. And he doesn't attack 
with you know, wounds in the flesh. He attacks with lies in the heart and the head. So often he'll come and he'll, he'll try and tempt you. you know, and when the devil isn't kind of trying to tempt you, he'll kind of try and get to your heart and he'll say, well, well you know, get to your head and he'll say, you know, if you kind of hide God's holiness, say, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, Josh, how you live. It doesn't matter how you live your life. You just do what you think is right. It doesn't matter to make those decisions and to hurt those people and to trample over people to get ahead. Everyone's doing it. You should just do it too. God doesn't really care how you live. But then the second you do something, you say, okay, I'm tempted, I'll take it. Then the devil switches and rather than temptation, he moves to accusation. And if in temptation he hides God's holiness, in in accusation he hides God's love. So he says, you know, he kind of attacks the heart, attacks the head. He says, who do you think you are? You're a hypocrite. What are you doing in a church service? Think about what you did just last week. Call yourself a Christian? Are you joking? God doesn't want to know you. He doesn't want to be anywhere near you. And what's the solution? What's the armour? Put on the breastplate of righteousness over your heart. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. I'm righteous because of the righteous one who died for me. It matters how I live because my life was purchased with the blood of Christ. But I am going to make mistakes and I know that he knows me to the bottom of my soul and yet he loves me to the sky. And he was prepared to go to the cross to win my righteousness before God. I am covered. My heart is covered by the breastplate of righteousness. His lies aren't going to get in to my heart. My salvation is assured. See, sometimes the devil tries to get you to doubt your salvation. You know, why do you think you're okay? Why do you think you're going to be okay with all the stuff you've done wrong? But God says, in my, Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. Protect your mind with the assurance of salvation. And then the shield of faith. Now, the shield of faith. Thank you, Josh. It's really good. That's it. You know, the shield of faith. I mean, Josh leading worship this morning. He's got to come up here in front of a thousand people. He needs the shield of faith. Now I know Josh had a difficult experience in his life just last week. And it's very easy to look at our circumstances. And the devil will use that to try and get at you to fire his flaming arrows at Josh. And try and get him to doubt God's goodness. So when you're facing that you need to use your shield of faith to block the arrows. And make sure they are extinguished. That even though the arrows might be thrown at you, they don't land on you. And the way you do that is not by judging your faith according to your circumstances. It's using the lens of your faith to see your circumstances. Forsaking all, I trust him. No matter what it looks like, God, don't matter if I can't see how your purposes are going to be worked out in this situation. I trust your plans even though I don't understand them. Because I know you are good because you've revealed it to me. And I've seen your faithfulness in the past and I trust I'll see it again. I might be in the battle today, but I know that joy comes in the morning. You need the shield of faith. But then you can't just take defence. You can't just be on defence. Occasionally you're going to have to you know, take some strokes. You're going to have to take some shots. And so you need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So important. You know, when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, what does he use to rebut the lies of the devil? He uses the words of Scripture. Three times. Quotes from Deuteronomy. 
to rebut what the devil is coming at him to say. You need to deploy the truth to parry the attack. And when the truth is revealed, when it's revealed, the lies are exposed. That's why it's so important, Josh leading us even this morning, in singing words of scripture in our worship. Powerful truths. Worship is a weapon. As we declare them together, we're declaring them to our own hearts, to each other's hearts, to this city, saying this is the truth. It's so important to deploy the word of God. But I tell you, a a dusty Bible is a rusty sword. Do you know this book? Do you trust it? Do you give time for God to speak to you through it? I've been using the Bible in one year. For like five years now, it's one of the most important things I've ever done in my life. To say, God, every day I want to spend some time in your word so that I have the truth at my fingertips. The truth on the tip of my tongue when the attack comes. And then, what's on your feet? Now, it's quite interesting because, you know, if you think about standing firm, there you go, feet shod with the gospel of peace, um, these actual sandals were designed in a specific way for Roman soldiers to enable them to stand their ground, to stand firm, but also be agile, also be flexible, also move quickly. And if you're a boxer, you know that in order to stand your ground, sometimes you're going to have to move your feet because you're going to have to anticipate the blows which are coming your way, parry them, and then respond. And the thing about the gospel of peace is that Satan hates, the devil hates the gospel of peace. And one of the things he'll do is attack you in order to distract you from the urgency of the gospel. So how can I possibly tell anyone about Jesus or invite anyone to Alpha? There's so much going on in my life right now. The battle is raging real. And we kind of take a step back rather than thinking, actually, why has this attack come at this moment? I'm starting to realize now that when the devil attacks me, it, I don't, it's often because something else good is going on. So as the attack comes in, I'm like, I don't want to miss the opportunity. Don't let me miss the opportunity, God. Maybe there's someone that's very close to coming to know Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone at work or in my home or in my university or in my friendship group who's desperate for me to invite them to Alpha. Just so curious. But the attack is coming to try and obscure the opportunity that's in front of you. You need to take some strokes. You know, it's so important because when we're fitted, when Josh is fitted with the full armour of God, he's ready to fight. Ready to take his stand. And that makes a difference because when you're fitted with the armour of God, you can take your stand confident and you can respond in the opposite spirit. You don't fight fire with fire. We respond in the opposite spirit and the spirit of God is infinitely more powerful than the spirits, than the spiritual forces of evil. So we can respond when the devil uses disagreements to sow division. We can say, Jesus, would you show me how to love those people I find difficult and to work for unity? When the devil uses disappointment to try and get you to doubt God's goodness. Say, Jesus, would you teach me to trust you even when I don't understand what's going on? When the devil uses difficulties to distract you from the mission, Jesus, would you show me the urgency of your gospel? Show me, give me that same passion for people to come to know you that I know that you have. You can fight with the opposite spirit. Instead of division, bring new friendship. 
Instead of disappointment, new faith. Instead of distraction, new focus. Don't let the devil discourage you. Let God encourage you. Put his spirit into you. So that when the evil day comes, and we've probably all had experiences of that, those days when it feels like the hits just keep on coming. You're not scrabbling around going, where is the armour? You're ready, you're fit to fight, and you can stand your ground. Should we thank Josh? So wake up, stand firm, and then be fearless. Now when we talk about spiritual battle, when we talk about the enemy, when we talk about the armour and attacks, it can make you feel a little bit fearful. Paul says in this passage, pray for me that I might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, that I might declare it fearlessly. So how can you face your battles knowing all this and yet do it free from fear, without fear? Well, it's so interesting. What does Paul say in this passage? Pray, 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 pray. Pray at all times, in all occasions. Pray in the spirit. Pray for me. Pray for everyone. Pray, 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 pray. The more you pray, the less you fear. Why? Because prayer brings you into the presence of God. It brings you into the presence of the one who knows you and promises to protect you. A few years ago, uh, Beth and I went on a trip to Tanzania. And I love wildlife. I really love wildlife. And so there was this opportunity for a few days to go to the Salu Game Reserve and to see a bit of safari. And so we took our camera and we're very excited about it. And um, when we got to our, our little Jeep, I noticed, I just thought it was interesting, it was a completely open top Jeep. There was literally no top to the Jeep. It was just an open top Jeep and it was just us. And we had our guide, Moses. Not Moses, not Moses from the Old Testament. That would have been interesting. Um, but, but a guy called Moses, great guy, and he was an experienced guide in the Salute Game Reserve. And he, uh, so he took us around, and we saw some great giraffes and some great elephants. And then we turned kind of a corner, and we suddenly found ourselves in the middle of a pride of lions. And I was suddenly very aware about the fact that this was an open top jeep. Like, they were like feet away. And we were there. It was basically like someone had opened a can of baked beans and we were the baked beans. Like we were completely available. And, um, and, but Moses was super chilled. He was just like, oh, don't worry, it's fine. Looking at them, he was like looking at them. Um, I, they look a bit sleepy, which means they've probably already fed today. Probably? Like I, I need a bit more than probably. And he said, no, 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 it's fine. So I was, uh, then, then two of them got up and started to get a bit more interested. And they actually started to prowl around the jeep we were in. And I was like, Moses, they don't look that sleepy anymore. I started getting a little bit nervous. And I said, Moses, you sure this is okay? And he kind of paused for a second. He said, it's absolutely fine. As long as we stay, you stay with me and you stay in the jeep. Uh, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's no way they're going to attack you. He said, if you panic and make a run for it, you're dead. Um, so I was like, right. So it was funny. So we were there for about 10 minutes and they were just kind of circling us and eventually they got bored and they walked off and we kind of drove on. Now I tell you, it's interesting because in some ways I should have been scared. But because I was with Moses, I wasn't scared at all. His confidence made me fearless. So I could actually, I actually enjoyed 
being in what appeared to be quite a dangerous situation because I was with him and I knew he knew the lay of the land and I knew he knew those lines and he could read it. It's so interesting because it says in the Bible, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, dangerous. But also says, resist him and he will flee from you. And Paul, at this point, is in jail. He can die at any day. He's got lots of people that want to kill him. It looks in his life like evil has got the upper hand. But he knows as long as he has the Spirit of God in him, as long as Jesus is with him, he can be fearless in the face of the enemy. Why? Because he knows Jesus is with him. And he knows Jesus has fought, the devil has fought evil hand to hand. He's come face to face with evil and seen the worst that evil has to throw at us and he's taken it on himself and he's taken it to the cross and on the cross he has triumphed over the spiritual forces of evil. He's disarmed them and triumphed over them on the cross. And he's emerged victorious. I mean, don't let a battle you fear to fight keep you from the victory Jesus has already won in your life. Now, because of that, because we fight side by side in our battles with the one that has already won the war, we can be fearless. Fearless when attacks come. Fearless when bad news comes. Fearless when we face difficult circumstances. Fearless when the enemy tries to take us on and take us down. Why? Because there is no doubt how things are going to end. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. That means he knows the end before the beginning. He is for you. And he is not against you. And he promises to be with you, even unto the end of the age. And he says that he will never let go of what he has taken hold of. And if he's taken hold of you, then you can know that nothing, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nothing, no depths, no heights, nothing else in all creation will ever be able to separate you from the love of God, which is revealed in Christ Jesus. And when you know that, when that truth sinks into your heart, You can wake up, you can stand firm on the evil day and fight, fearless and unafraid. Because he is with you, he is in you, and he is for you. And you can overcome evil with good. In Jesus' name, amen.